It's Jesse. If you're hearing this, that means my limited edition capsule collection for Joe Fresh is out now. <laughs> In select stores and at joefresh.com, I designed matching pieces for the entire family in a really fun, bold checkerboard print, including a baby romper, toddler and kids dress, a kids t-shirt and short set, a shirt for men, and the cutest women's linen short set that you will live in all summer long. Every piece is under $35 and warning, you will get compliments wherever you go. Shop it now before it's gone. This week on Phone a Friend, I watched JLo's movie, This Is Me Now, and me will never go back to being me then. Texas Hold'em has a hold on everyone. My daughter gets indoctrinated into American Girl doll culture. And OnlyFans is in the news again. So what is it? How does it work? And what exactly can fans request? Creator and viral sensation Elbrook explains in depth. Like this straw that I'm sipping out, like I'll get a request, be like, can I buy that straw? Anything, anything goes. This call completely changed my perspective on OnlyFans. And if anyone wants to buy my straw, I'll sell it. Anyone? No? Fine, let's start. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Girl, let's phone a friend with Jesse Kutchik. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Phone a Friend. I'm Jesse Crookshank. We're weeks away from my stand-up special taping in Toronto. Weeks away. I know I said before, like, I'm nervous. This is the first time I've ever done anything like this. Now I'm just excited, okay? I've been working so hard on this. It's going to be such a fun night out, such a good show. I am so ready for it. Like, I want to do it tomorrow. And I just, I can't wait to be out spending the night with all of you because talking into a microphone to you is one thing, but like being in your presence, breathing your air, laughing together, like drinking together. I mean, it's just, there's nothing like it. It's going to be such a fun night. March 9th at the Opera House. Let's go. Also, I'll be in Saskatoon March 5th. And then 
we officially kick off season two of Phone a Friend, March 14th. (laughs) Honestly, can you ask for more? It is all happening. Now, before I embark on my Canadian adventures with all of you, I'd like to tell you about an American adventure I went on with my daughter this past weekend. So I took Romy to the American Girl doll store. Do you know what this is? I know they, they had them in Canada. They're now shut down in Canada. It's like, a, it's like a cultural thing here in the United States of America. I had never set foot in one of these because for many years, I was a boy mom. And I think in my heart and soul, honestly, I'm a boy mom. And when my daughter was born, she was raised with exclusively boy things. Quote, unquote, boy things, okay? Don't at me. I know gender is a construct, but just hear me out. For her entire life, Romy has only ever been surrounded by trucks, cars, dinosaurs, Pokemon. I never bought her her own toys. I was like, she can play with the boy stuff. Also, she's my third child. Okay, she never got to watch like, you know, gentle programming like Daniel Tiger or Dora the Explorer. She came out of the womb, opened her eyes and watched Jurassic Park. Okay, she's only ever been exposed to boy things. And yet, when I was pregnant with Romy, I bought Rio and Dre a baby doll so that they could learn to care for it and nurture it. And obviously, instead of doing that, they fought with it and threw it against the wall. Literally, they were having a contest at one point to see who could throw the baby doll so hard against the wall that its head would turn. Like, abusive. And yet somehow, upon being born, my daughter found it. Hidden under piles of, like, Ninjago Lego and headless Ninja Turtles, she found the one baby doll that existed in the house, and that was the only thing she wanted to play with. This was before she could walk, okay? She's feeding the doll. She's singing to the doll. Frankly, she's taking better care of that doll than I take care of her. So, like, say what you will about nature versus nurture. If you give my daughter Romy a truck, she will lay it down, cover it with a blanket, and sing it to sleep. Okay? If you give her a plastic dinosaur, she will change its diaper. She has a stronger maternal instinct than I do. And last weekend, when she was sitting courtside at her brother's basketball game, breastfeeding a plastic Mickey Mouse doll, someone casually asked me if I had ever taken her to the American Girl doll store. I said, no, she's my third child. I drag her to her brother's basketball games, baseball games. I don't do anything for her. But my mom was in town, and I thought, wouldn't that be nice to do something girly For my girl, just us girls. And so I made a reservation for high tea at the American Girl Doll Cafe, which I think cost the same amount of money as high tea at Buckingham Palace. Also, a harder reservation to get at the American Girl Doll store, but I secured one. And let me tell you, watching my child put her baby doll into the doll high chair and feed it tea and sandwiches and periodically change its diaper on the restaurant floor. It was like watching someone who was born into captivity be released into their natural habitat. She has never been happier. She didn't know such a place existed. A place where the servers talk to your doll and serve food to your doll. 
A place where there are doll hooks in the bathroom stalls to hang your doll, where there is a doll hair salon and 5,000 square feet of doll items to buy. I didn't know such a place existed either, okay? I could not believe what I was seeing. Now, I am not someone, like if you've learned this about me, phonies, I I don't like typically want to engage in this type of commercialism. Definitely not in this type of Americanism, okay? Because, I mean, they have dolls like that represent different phases of America. Like, I'm too Canadian for that. So I decided I would bring my child to the American Girl doll store with her bootleg no-name brand doll, okay? Her like Canadian generic gas station corner store doll. I had no shame. Evan was like, are you sure they're going to let you in with that? I was like, I'm sorry, is the bouncer going to like check the brand of my doll? Of course they will. They let us in. I felt okay about it. Grandma did not. My mom was like, we cannot leave this store and not buy her one. Well, these dolls are 175 Canadian dollars, okay? And I know my two-year-old is going to drag its ass down the street by its hair and like drop it in the toilet, but grandma didn't care. She wanted to get Romy her very own American Girl doll. So we begun the process of choosing the perfect doll for Romy. Now, this involves meeting with a doll specialist who assesses your child's physical appearance, okay, skin color, eye color, hair color, and then decides which doll looks most like her, okay? They have like hundreds of makes and models in the store, all of which have huge eyes, drag eyelashes, petite little noses, chiseled jaw lines, thigh gaps, flat tummies, waist-length hair, just absolute fucking runway models, but dolls who are supposed to be children. So our specialist tells us, oh, Romy is definitely a 107, meaning doll number 107. But then we discovered that 107 has straight hair and Romy has curly hair. So the doll specialist consulted with another specialist who recommended 128. But then we realized that 128 has blue eyes and Romy has brown eyes. They discuss the possibility of Romy's hair getting straighter as she grows older so 107 could grow with her or she could make an appointment at the salon to curl 107's hair. It was wild. I could not believe what I was witnessing, like the seriousness with which they were discussing my toddler's doll. It was like Indian matchmaker, but for my two-year-old with a plastic doll. We have to find the perfect companion. After much discussion, We went with 107. Honestly, I don't know how we're going to move past the straight hair, but we'll do our best. Grandma forked out half of her retirement plan, bought her the doll, and I got to say, Romy has since spent every waking minute with 107. Okay, pushing 107 in a stroller in the neighborhood, putting her to sleep. She's brushing her hair, changing her poop. 107, by the way, has serious gastrointestinal issues. No one told me that at the store. This bitch is pooping constantly, but Romy is always there to change it. Okay, every single poop she is changing with love and tenderness and 75 wipes that I really try to shove back into the wipes container because I don't want to waste them. She's the greatest mother who ever lived. 107 is the luckiest doll on this planet. And I, a boy mom of six years, experienced the pleasure of having a girl for the first time, I I think, in my life. Like, the absolute pure joy of sitting at a restaurant without a knife being thrown at my head, 
you know, of like walking through a mall without having to break up a fight on the floor, of brushing a doll's hair without trying to prevent someone from cutting it off. I got to do those things for the first time with my little girl and with my mom. It was like one of the greatest days I've ever had as a parent, honestly. So thank you, American Girl Doll. They do not sponsor this podcast, but I damn well wish they did. Those accessories are not going to be cheap. Speaking of empowering women like 107, let's get to that one thing. thing. Today's one thing is the Jennifer Lopez opus, This Is Me Now, a love story. I watched it so you don't have to. But before we get to that, I need to provide a very quick update on my comments from last week, re another empowering woman, Beyonce. So on last week's midseason banger, I said that I was disappointed she released her new music in a Verizon commercial during the Super Bowl. She's better than that. I stand by those comments. I also said I was so caught up, pun intended, in Usher, Lil Jon, and like music of the 2010s, I didn't immediately listen to the new Beyonce singles. That is also true. And then I believe I said in last week's episode that her new music was fine. I think I said it was good. I had only really listened to like Texas Hold'em and 16 Carriages one or two times when I made those foolish statements because I have since listened more. And the new singles are not fine or good. They're incredible. Rob, my technical producer, can you do what I have been doing nonstop for the past seven days and play a little bit of Texas Hold'em? Stick around, round, 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 round. And I'll be damned if I can't slow dance with you. Come throw some sugar on me, honey, too. It's a real live boogie and a real live hold down. Don't be a bitch, come take it to the floor now. Woo! Don't be a bitch, girl, take it to the floor now. Uh, Texas Hold'em is one of the most impressive achievements by an artist that I can recall. And this is why Beyonce, who is known for making pop, R&B, dance music, released a country song that's not just like good. You know, she didn't just uh, do it. It's great. It's so great. It just hit number one on the country charts, making her the first black woman to reach number one ever on the country charts. And it's not because it's Beyonce. It's not like, oh, whatever she puts out will go to the top of the charts because she has fans. It's not that. It's because it's good. The song, like, it harkens back to old country. It somehow still has the essence of Beyonce in it. You know what I mean? It's still infused with her sense of, like, humor and sexiness. And it still has this viral appeal. Like, I just don't understand how one woman can knock it out of the park every single time in every single genre. Oh, shoot. You know what we need right now? A man's opinion. My husband Evan walks into the kitchen where I am line dancing with Rio to Texas Hold'em. And he has the audacity to say, Yeah, yeah, the song is great, but like she's Beyonce. You know, she can call up the best writers and producers in the world. I bet 17 people wrote this song for her, first of all. Men love to take credit away from women, don't they? They love it. Second, that's such a basic opinion. And, And I don't care 
if a hundred people wrote this song for her. She's the one who brought them together, who made the call to sing it, who decided to create a country album in the first place. She's the one who's cultivated her voice, her persona, her essence. She's the person who's curated an interesting and ever-evolving career for almost 30 years. I think at this point, it's safe to say it's not the writers, honey. It's the girl. It's Beyonce. But I didn't say that to Evan. I just said, don't be a bitch. Come take it to the floor now. Woo! Such a bop. Thank you for letting me get that out. Just wanted to make my feelings clear on that. And if it is the writers, Evan, then those writers better boogie on down to Jennifer Lopez's house because Lord knows she could use some better writers. Back to my one thing. Sorry, these mid-season bangers are supposed to be really quick, and I just keep finding new and creative ways to extend them into basically an entire episode, okay? Come season two, you're going to be like, this is the same shit as the mid-season bangers. It basically is. I'm basically giving you full episodes, okay? I I can't help myself. So I watched Jennifer Lopez's feature-length film, This Is Me Now, A Love Story. And for anyone who's keeping track, I have not seen Oppenheimer have not seen Killers of the Flower Moon, have not seen Maestro, or most of the Academy Award-nominated films have seen Jennifer Lopez's This Is Me Now, A Love Story. Why did I choose to watch it? Because Jennifer Lopez has been telling me about it for over two years. She has been hyping the new music, the new album, the visual album since 2022. She has been saying... This is going to be my best work. This is a product of my love for Ben Affleck. This is my heart and soul. This is me now. This is me now. That's a better vocal than J-Lo on the track. I'm just going to say that. That's a stronger vocal that I just laid down. Okay? This is me now. This to be cruel. I want to establish that when Jennifer Lopez dropped her album J-Lo, this was in 2001, on the cover, she's wearing the denim cat suit, the big belt, like low slung on her hips. She's got the dripping gold chains, the gold hoops. That was me then, okay? I was obsessed. I dressed like her, got little denim cat suit, got all the gold jewels, got blonde streaks like her, which is not advised, okay? A chunky blonde highlight on a ginger person never works. Look at Lindsay Lohan circa 2004. Okay, but I tried it. I knew every word to love don't cost a thing. I'm real. Obviously, then Jenny from the block. I mean, I had that Kangol hat and those cargo pants, okay? I am a longtime, lifelong J-Lo fan. I'm just not sure I love anyone enough to sit through their hour-long movie about a fictional version of themselves trying to find love through a series of musical numbers and scenes with CGI and Fat Joe. If you're too dumb and busy to watch This Is Me Now, here's a few very confusing things that happen in this vanity project. Sorry, I mean opus that costs $20 million. First, J-Lo rides into the sunset on the back of a motorcycle with Ben Affleck. The motorcycle crashes. J-Lo saves a giant mechanical CGI steampunk heart from breaking through the power of dance. 
J-Lo escapes an abusive relationship through the power of dance. J-Lo's friends, who are hot, diverse people in their 20s that look like they answered a central casting call to play J-Lo's friends, stage an intervention because she's a love and sex addict. J-Lo attends a Love Addict Anonymous meeting where she breaks out into a dance featuring Backstreet Boys-style chair choreo. Mid-meeting! J-Lo does inner child therapy with her therapist, Fat Joe. J-Lo sits sad and alone in her mansion, which has floor tiles that say, J-Lo. J-Lo explores the concept of astrology with her personal zodiological council, played by the likes of Sofia Vergara, Kiki Palmer, Jane Fonda, Trevor Noah, Post Malone, Jay Shetty, and more stars who have probably fired their agents since. In conclusion, J-Lo finds love within herself and also Ben Affleck and dances in the rain like a literal storm to celebrate. (sighs) And if that breakdown sounds like it doesn't make sense... It's because it doesn't. I don't even know how to describe it. It feels like you're watching a collection of stupid, expensive music videos that feel like they don't need to be that expensive. You know, it's like, why am I watching the water world of music videos over and over again? Did we really need to be dancing on this, like, CGI glass building? Could this have just worked in a warehouse? And between the music videos, J-Lo, who notably is the writer— has written dramatic scenes to sort of try to connect all of the music videos into some kind of a cinematic experience. And throughout it, like, the metaphors and the symbolism are so basic, okay? She's wearing some kind of heart garment in most scenes. Like, we get it. It's so literal. It feels like my six-year-old sons were the co-writers. And that would be okay to have basic metaphors and, like, comedy scenes with Post Malone that aren't very funny if this was just, like, some music videos. But it's not. J-Lo believes that this is her Citizen Kane. Like, she really does. She has described this as a surrealistic, magical odyssey. She spent her own $20 million to make this because when the original funding fell through, she says she had to, quote, follow her heart and make it at all costs. I'm not sure if she's referring to her actual heart or the CGI mechanical heart or the heart outfits that she wears throughout the film, but either way, she followed that heart. I have thought, like, way too hard and long about this since watching it. Because I think it's easy to just dismiss it and make fun of it, which a lot of people are doing, okay? It has a 5 out of 10 rating on IMDb. There's, like, tons of TikToks of people being mean about it. And I think that that's because this is a visual album. So you instantly compare it to other visual albums. The first that comes to mind is Lemonade. Sorry to bring it back to Beyonce, but if I could find ways to bring everything back to Beyonce on this podcast, I'd be thrilled. You think about Lemonade. Lemonade really was uh, art, right? It, it like redefined what a music video could be. And Beyonce just has this sort of elevated style and vision. And please, maybe, according to my husband, she also has a hundred artists who work with her to bring that elevated vision to life. JLo is not that. And you know what? You know what I realized? That's okay. I have come to realize that 
We need J-Lo as much as we need Beyonce in the culture because Beyonce's deep, thought-provoking poems between songs are not for everyone either. Some of us need monogrammed floors and mansions and, you know, in-your-face heart symbolism, and that's okay too. If Beyonce is couture, J-Lo is juicy couture. And we need that too. I like that J-Lo is just like totally out of touch with reality, that she is this hopeless romantic, that she unabashedly breaks out into dance at very inappropriate times throughout this thing. I love that she is like so in love with Ben Affleck that she just wants to share that with the world through a CGI motorcycle ride. We need that in this life. We need someone who thinks she can just Casually incorporate, let's get loud into America the Beautiful at the presidential inauguration. We do. We need that pure late 90s, early 2000s diva energy because that is becoming a lost art. You're not getting that from Ariana Grande. You're not getting that from Dua Lipa. You are getting it from J-Lo. And by the way, she's great in this. Like, it feels like feels like as if like an aspiring actor or singer tr- wanted to create a reel where they could show like everything they can do: acting, dancing, action star, romantic comedy star, and they put together a reel that costs twenty million dollars. That's what it feels like. It's like a showcase for what she can do, and she's amazing in it. No matter how bad the writing or like the central casting actors around her are or how over the top or stupid the scene is, she fucking sells it because J-Lo is one of the great talents of our time. This is what I took away from this five out of 10 film, okay? Wish the music was better, but you can't make waiting for tonight every time. Sometimes it's, this is me now. This is me. It's also charming how, like, not great the vocals are. I mean, I love that about her. She doesn't care. She sells it. She's going to dance the hell out of every song, whether she's singing well in it or not. So in conclusion, J-Lo, I'll take you anytime. Anytime. And that's my one thing. Sorry, I just broke out into a full choreographed chair dance to that little jingle. After the break, OnlyFans has been all over the news this past week. So some kids were expelled last week from their school because their mom had an OnlyFans decal on her car. This made national news. And then Rachel Dolezal, do you remember her? The former president of the NAACP who turned out to be a white woman. She was fired from her teaching job because she was discovered to have an OnlyFans account. Like, I felt like we couldn't escape OnlyFans this past week. And if you're not super familiar with what OnlyFans is and how it works, I'm going to let OnlyFans star L. Brooke explain it all in detail. Too much detail? Maybe. After the break. Plus, an angry voicemail about Travis Swelsey. I'm in trouble for calling him an oaf. It's all next. Come 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. We're back. And because OnlyFans has been making headlines this week, I wanted to revisit my call with Elle Brooke, a law student turned OnlyFans creator from the UK who went viral for absolutely owning Piers Morgan when he tried to shame her on his show, Piers Morgan Uncensored. So when he assumed that she would want to be a mother one day, which, you know, is an assumption you should make about all women, he then asked her what her future kids might think about her work. She had the world's greatest response. Listen to this. You're going to be proud that you have your little ones and they look at you and go, didn't you want to be a lawyer, mummy? What happened? Yeah. And you go, yeah, but look at all my stuff. They can cry in a Ferrari. Over 50 million people watched that clip. The moment went so viral. Immediately after that aired, you could buy T-shirts and mugs that said they can cry in a Ferrari. And obviously, I had to phone a friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. I'm making a collect call to the UK to phone Elbrook, one of the top OnlyFans creators in the world. She's also a pro boxer, an entrepreneur, and an influencer with her own YouTube channel. I wanted to find out what is OnlyFans. How does it work? What does she do on there? What won't she do on there? And what did she really want to say to Pierce Morgan? Enjoy this international and somewhat X-rated phone call. Hello. Hello, Elbrook. Hi, how are you doing? I'm so good. That was the most British hello I've ever received. Hello. Hello. Do I sound like Adele? <laughs> Actually, you do. But that would be more like a hello. 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 Yeah, true. Yeah. I haven't had you that know? song in ages. Before we begin, I have to ask, are you in a Ferrari right now? I don't have one, so I feel mm. like it's completely not fitting. But the, the amount I earned this month, I could probably buy one. It's been crazy. Oh, my gosh. We need to talk about this. Okay. So I is it true I am your first interview since your video with Piers Morgan went viral? Yes. I haven't, I haven't spoke about it since. It's been... I probably should have taken advantage of it and speak about it more. But yeah, I've just been... 
You're like soaking it in. Oh, good. Well, no, you're holding out for me is the correct answer. Yeah. I am holding out for you. She's just waiting for phone a friend. You are also going to be sort of my first look into the world of OnlyFans. And, And sadly, this isn't the first time a man has tried to shame a woman publicly on television. So we have a lot to unpack together. I'm an open book. Honestly, I have no filter whatsoever from what you can see. And I think what works well is that you can't shame me. I'm extremely shameless. Yes, good. And overnight, you really have become this outspoken symbol of a strong, confident woman clapping back at these traditional standards that old men think they can impose on young women. You can use that for your Instagram bio, by the way, if you want to just pop that up there. I like that. Thank you. I'm not that smart. (laughs) Yeah. Should we call you like OnlyFans model, porn star, sex worker? What are you comfortable with? Honestly, I'm comfortable with anything. I think that I never actually done porn, so I'm not actually a porn star. But I think when I was like growing my accounts, I always like loved that word because it held so much power. Like an OnlyFans star doesn't have the amount of power that the word porn star does. Like that's as high as it can go. So I I am everything and anything. I'm in a content creator, but I do so many things. I love that to you, porn star is the ultimate sign of power. What defines porn? Like penis going in vagina? For me, porn star is specifically porn. So you're being paid for a shoot. Got it. So OnlyFans... You can make videos at home doing anything and then sell them. But does that make you a porn star? I don't really think that does. That makes you an OnlyFans model. Does that make sense? Yes. And I have so many more questions because as you can probably guess, I am not a porn star or an OnlyFans model. I am an elder millennial podcast lady. So I want to like find out from you how OnlyFans works. It's like a little bit of OnlyFans 101. Does that work for you? Yeah, of course. So you have an OnlyFans account. It's up to you what you post. Like every creator has their own boundaries. It's it's unique to you. You're a content creator. You can put out what you want to. Um, And then a subscriber. Well, you can even have your page for free. Um, But you, you set a price for your page, whether it be free I think there's a limit, but $25, $5, et cetera, you can hold sales and that kind of thing. Per month. Per month. So right. they pay the subscription fee up front, uh-huh. and then you can you can pay for additional costs, and that's uh, unique to the creator, such as messaging, pictures, unlocking, videos, you know, everything is unique to the creator. Gotcha. And how is it different from... Instagram now? Because I feel like I see a lot of areola on Instagram. Oh my gosh. I'm thinking, how are the... I I get the post reported for the most minor thing. And I see actual boobies on the feed, like proper boobies. Proper boobies, Elle. I know. (laughs) I know. But OnlyFans is like anything goes, right? There are there no... are things that are too taboo for OnlyFans. Uh-huh. So if you're doing like uh, poo-poo content and that kind of thing, you're not allowed to. There are some rules, but anything goes, as per se. Fair enough. Okay. What do you do in your videos? Feel free to go into detail. Yeah, uh, I do anything. I think I haven't done for a long time, but I've been doing this for a while now. So when I first started and when I first started taking it seriously, I was like, I want to shoot as many videos as I can with people. And for me, it was mainly with other girls anyway. I've only think I've only done videos with seven guys, which is still a lot, granted, but it's not loads and loads. Mm. And it's fun. Like 
the whole um, kick you get out of messaging someone to create content, to meeting them, knowing that you're going to, you know, get your kit off and get at it in a couple of hours. It's all um, a thrill. Uh, You definitely get an adrenaline rush through it. Wait, because a lot of it is like you can build your following if you meet up with another creator and you do a video together, right? Yes, of course. So you want to, in a sense, meet up with the bigger ones because then you both get more out of it. You share fans. You're then um, shown to however many fans they have on their account because per OnlyFans rules, they have to tag you. Gotcha. If you have an OnlyFans account, yeah. Okay. And there are three-ish, two to three million creators, I think, now on OnlyFans. The average creator only makes $180 a month. What range are yeah. you earning a month? Oh, a lot more than that. Yeah, I, I'm a, <laughs> yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm 0.01%. I'm, I'm as good as it gets. Um, I, I'm really, really comfortable. I'm not as as rich as like bad Barbie. I think that she made like 50 million. Like that's crazy. I'm nowhere near that, but I'm definitely comfortable. She's modest. She's modest, but it's a lot. It's a lot. You're, you're, you have earned millions of dollars from OnlyFans. Is that fair to yeah, say? Yeah, hundred percent. I'd comfortably say I'm a millionaire. Yeah. She's a 25 year old millionaire. Okay. When you say special requests, messaging, et cetera, you can get, you know, paid more for that. Have you, what kind of special requests have you gotten? What are the craziest things? Oh my gosh, like anything, like, um, you know, like people wanting to like buy weird items, like like this straw that I'm sipping out, like yes. I'll get a request, be like, can I buy that straw? Anything, no. anything no. goes, honestly. They want everything you've touched, especially if it's to do with sweat or if they smell. Like some people request pants, but the more expensive pants, the people that, you know, if you've worn them for seven days straight, which but I've never done that. <laughs> underpants or like a Lululemon legging? either leggings oh. also but i mean like like knickers like knickers. panties like knickers yeah people are so wild they want to see armpits belly buttons throats like most of the time you don't even need to do anything sexual like they have such a niche thing like some people love cigarettes like smoking and they'll just want to watch you smoke and they'll pay extortionate amounts of money to watch you smoke but i don't do that anymore i'm being a healthy queen um, what have you done? What is the most ridiculous thing you found yourself doing? I like this one because it makes me laugh. But this one time I had to do a video where I was raped by a ghost. <laughs> L, what? <laughs> I know. So you have to pretend like, oh, no. Like, uh, I was really young. I think I was like 22, 21 when I did it. But it was really fun. <laughs> well, as long as you're having fun. That sounds like you could earn an Oscar for that, actually, on another platform. Truly, that's real acting. I'm in the wrong job. I'm a mattress actress. <laughs> uh, hey, and you had to bark like a dog for somebody. Is that true? I barked like a dog. Anything. Like people, I think people just love um, making you yes. do something. Does that make sense? Like, oh, what's the weirdest thing? But then I think people must get off to this thing. Like they're trying to get you to lick out like a dog bowl, like drink out of it. Oh, like everything. I mean, if you were to get an offer on that straw, would you sell it? Of course. I'd sell anything. I have. Yes. I've sold spit, socks, pants, underwear, Anything. It, I would sell anything. There's a price on anything. I'm, I'm a money woman. I enjoy money. I like materialistic things. So for me, that's what I do. Oh my God. <laughs> do you have to be naked to be on OnlyFans? No, you don't have to be naked. I think there's um, a lot of creators that say like uh, dominatrix that um, men pay money to be degraded. And I, I've, I've done this as well. They'll pay you to give them a task and then they send you the video of it. For example, they'll lick the toilet. They'll go to a public restroom and like lick the side 
anything you tell them, they'll do it. And the worse it is, the better. And I think it's easier to, for example, if you're a really famous person and you just get like, um, you know, like bikini or lingerie, but they still pay so much money. But for me, I grew from the bottom and had to put dicks in every hole for the bare minimum. <laughs> and now, now I'm famous. So I'm like, oh, I didn't need to put that in like three places. But uh, it's just how I've grown. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I was one of them, yeah, but I can't. It's um, it's something I enjoy. I don't mind doing the most. <laughs> we are only ten minutes into this conversation, and I'm I'm in, and not any holes, just in to the conversation. Mm. Because I honestly like you read all these stories about middle aged moms who are making millions on OnlyFans, and I honestly thought to myself, should I be on OnlyFans? I mean, I have four stars on Wikifeed. Is there a place for me there? Yeah, 100%. I think you could sell feet pics. I think even if you, you're such a, like a celebrity that you could literally just do lingerie and teasing and it'd make so much money. Like it's so much easier for a person with a platform um, to start on OnlyFans. That's the hardest thing. Like the right. OnlyFans part is the easiest part. Like I can make a sex tape tomorrow. Ah, that was easy. I was just getting fucked for a living. But it's the <sighs> selling it and the promoting it. Like coming for a living's fun, but then you have to sell it. That's the hard part. So you're saying I could start without putting anything in any holes, but and you know, go because you there. have the platform. Because right. people are probably thinking, like, I'd love to see like what you look like naked, but. They don't know yet, but it's just like the curiosity, I think, with a lot of celebrities as well. Hell, even my own husband isn't thinking, I wonder what she looks like naked. I don't, oh, I don't stop think it. You're gorgeous. there for me. Okay, I do want to get into this business savvy, because how much do you charge for a monthly subscription? It's always on sale for 15, but then I get resubs at 30. Okay, so between 15 and 30 dollars... Yes, is what I take per subscriber each month. And then gotcha. whatever they pay extra for, right. which is tips or purchases, different things. Wow. And so one of the things that Piers Morgan was so bothered by was the fact that you were in law school, but you gave it all up to make sexy videos on OnlyFans. You were en route to become Elle Woods, decided to stay Elbrook. Why did you decide to start an OnlyFans in the first place? Well, I was at uni at the time and I remember this girl that I became friends with because I did a different type. I did premium Snapchat at the time. And um, it's just, I think a lot of girls in like my era, how they started. But um, this girl was like, I'm earning $10,000 a month. I was like, $10,000 a month. That's so much money. I'm like a broke law student, like uh -huh. so many times. I've had like an overdraft. I've had like three pounds left of that overdraft. I've been broke upon broke. I've had to choose between food and backy at the time because I used to smoke. Like I've, I've you know, I've, I've not come from a rich family. I've come from a cancel estate. Like I've, that's mm. to me, I was like $10,000 a month. I can, I can achieve that. Like I, the girl at the time, she wasn't anything, I don't want to be rude, but anything special. She sure. wasn't a really A-class celebrity. Like she was a normal person. Um, so I thought, hey, if that's doable, then I can do it. And, and that's how I started. And I think um, a few news ago articles, they've taken what I've said, but they've said it wrong. But I, at that time when I was at uni, I was earning $30,000 a month. And that's when I dropped out. They say that's what I'm earning now, but that's that's when I was a uni. And I was wow. like, why am I why am I at uni? Like this is like thirty thousand dollars a month. This is what most entry solicitors are earning a year. Wow. Were you at all nervous or trepidatious when you started? Because you know, once you show crack, hard to go back. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. I think. Um, 
No, I think I started kind of uh, slowly. And um, when I first started premium Snapchat, I did it with no face. I was ah. just doing the body and I was uh, um, still earning money. And then um, I started um, showing my my non-face, like showing my face. And then within like three weeks, everyone knew like in my hometown and everything. And it's not as big as it is today. This is way pre-COVID. So OnlyFans wasn't a household name. So that was a bad time in my life. And at that point, I was a bit upset and you know like you're getting passed around in different group chats like oh this girl started and only fans was she doing premium snapchat look what she's doing but then that gave me the motivation because i thought i'll show you and i just grew my brand so if anything those people from my hometown hating they defined me they grew me wow uh, i mean i'm going to insert an air horn sound effect for that <laughs> Because, of course, you feel that initial shame. That's a strange thing to know that people are talking about you in that way, but you used it to drive you. No, 100%. And, mm. you know, if I ever saw them in real life now, yeah. I'd be like, thank you. you. Honestly, when I say they made me, they pushed me. Because I thought, I will show you. I will show you. And now they must think, oh, damn, we went to school with Albrook. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Guess what's going around their group chats now? <laughs> you calling out Piers Morgan on national <laughs> television. I mean, bam. What has OnlyFans allowed you to buy? And don't be humble. Um, well, I've got I've got so many savings. I haven't bought anything yet. That's a special <laughs> law student right there. Yes. I'm planning to set up a few little businesses. Um, but other than that, I'm saving for the house of my dreams. And I think that's why I don't... I have nice cars, but I don't have any Ferraris yet because I'd rather own something first than just have like dispensable things. Elle, this is so good to hear because I think your quote that went so viral was about your kids crying in a Ferrari. You don't yeah. have a Ferrari. You're not out. You're not doing this so you can buy Bugattis and Ferraris and Chanel purses. You're being yeah. wise with how you save and use the money. And I love to hear that. I mean, that's like the smartest thing you could do. I am materialistic. I'm very materialistic, but I know that OnlyFans isn't forever and I have a goal and I want a life for the long term. This isn't, you know, this is temporary for me. I don't want to be doing OnlyFans forever, but I want to be making that money and setting up a future for myself. Yes, you do. And, and by the way, me too. If I can get enough subscribers to this podcast, I might be able to afford a Honda Odyssey. So here's hoping. <laughs> Okay, I want to jump into the Piers Morgan conversation. And because I'm petty, I just want to remind people that this is the same man who has publicly humiliated his female co-stars on television with sexist remarks about their appearance. Okay, he mocked Greta Thunberg for having Asperger's. He even debated whether or not Meghan Markle was being truthful about having suicidal thoughts. So you are invited to be a guest on Piers Morgan Uncensored. You knew he was famously an asshole, right? Yeah, 100%. They they asked me. They 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 asked me to be on right. that show. I can't I keep seeing everywhere like Elbrook's got the best PR team managing to get the, her on that show. I'm like, they oh. asked me. They and chose so me. Why did you agree to do it? Because of the platform. I knew this was a great opportunity and I knew that I was going into the lions then. I knew that was going to be did. extremely hard. Uh -huh. I knew um and I knew the topic um but I obviously don't know any of the questions he's going to say to me. But when, when he started coming out with them, I was like, damn, I get these on a daily basis. I can answer these. Oh, wow. This is literally what every single guy says in my DMs. It's like nothing new to me. So Pierce saying it. And it's really funny because he was on a show and I didn't meet him before because he had a whole, um, I was only like 10 minutes of a long, like few hours program. 
And I sat down for a couple of minutes. He was like, oh, so what did you do? And I was like, oh, I was at law school. And then a couple of minutes later, he's like, you went to law school. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> wow. So that just started as like a pre-rolling conversation. Casual. He's yeah. kind. He's positive. And then cameras are on. He's quote unquote uncensored. And he, and he goes, he turns on you. I know, but I think the best thing is, like, all he was doing was just trying to shame me and that kind of thing. Whereas, yes. you know, like, um, like, one of the things he said is, like, you're an online stripper. I'm like, no, I'm way worse than yes. that. <laughs> like, you, you you, kind of take that that power away from him because you're, you're kind of, you know, taking it unseriously, I guess. You were taking the power away from him at every turn, Elle. That's exactly what you were doing. Because he is blatantly trying to demean your job. He's trying to demean your success. He says things like... I'm just disappointed. What do your family think of this? I mean, they must be incredibly disappointed, surely. You sound yeah. awful, grotesque. You could be doing something so much better yeah. for the world than this, couldn't you? How did you keep your composure? What were you really thinking or would it, was there anything you really wanted to say? No, I think um, I'm really cool headed anyway. Uh. I knew that if I, if I was going to argue with him, if I was going to raise my voice and I was going to angry, he won. Uh. You can't. He would win that. Uh. So you have to stay cool and you have to kind of play it off. And that's just good advice for anybody who ever gets into any argument. The minute you lose your cool, they win. I mean, that's like yeah. words to live by. You're also a professional boxer, though. So did any part of you just want to jump over the desk and take him down? Imagine. No, I just thought I couldn't help but to look at him yes. in like a really condescending way, just thinking like, like, you've had to get me on here to get you views. Like, that's what oh, I thank you. I love that. Like, yes. I just, like, I am here. You're giving me a platform. This is going to be aired to millions of people. I yes. can't think of a more famous person to be sat next to right now. And you're grilling me about OnlyFans, which is what I need to voice to people. That I do OnlyFans. Everyone know you're saying that I do bad stuff. Great. Tell them how bad my stuff is. Tell them how <laughs> grotesque it is. Let them know so they subscribe. You're doing my work for me. Oh my God, Elle. Yes, yes, yes. Even when they're like, oh, you did law. And I'm like, great. I didn't need to tell them. Now they know I'm clever at the same time. I love that. I love that so much. He indirectly did my work for me. He did. And there is something like I was looking at him going like, this is an old, I mean, his old white conservative man is showing, you know? Why do you think that this man has such a negative opinion of you and what you do? He's only there to argue with me and make me look bad because he knows it gets views. And sure. it didn't work for him. So I, I don't know whether he actually had that opinion on me, whether it's bad, because I know that from a, like, a conservative standpoint, you want people to work, you want them to make money. And that's exactly what I'm doing. You know, I have six employees on payroll. I'm a business and wow. I'm putting people into work and that kind of thing. So he can try shame me as much as he wants, but for his values, only fans girls stand for their values. They're making money. They're contributing to society. They're good for the economic system. Yes. And by the way, if anything, the way that you and OnlyFans girls are doing it is smarter and safer, right? You own your own brand image. You make all of your own decisions. You are in full control. Exactly. And we own our own content for life. Like, you yes. know, when I was saying about a porn star, they do a scene for $500, 500 pounds, and that's it. They'll never make a cent off that. Again, they can't use it on their own pages. They've sold the rights to that video. So for my content, you bet, if, if I'm still working at 40, I'll be selling my sex tapes when I was 21. You know, it lasts forever. It's a recycling. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. 
You know what? My theory is that part of me thinks that these old conservative, typically white men, these are the same type of men, by the way, who are controlling or trying to control women's bodies with abortion laws yeah. here in the U.S. These men are so afraid of women gaining power, especially, yeah. God forbid, young, beautiful women. The yeah. idea of a 25-year-old woman earning millions on her own is threatening to Piers Morgan, in my opinion. And this is the only industry where women make more money than men. So why are you shaming it? There's need and supply. This is like one of the only industries. The gap is absolutely crazy. Like you would mm. never see this in any other industry industry. And worst of all, conservative, white, normal men, you better subscribe in on OnlyFans. Like, like that is a massive target market. Oh, please. So why are you shaming it? It's just yes. because you're into it. Yes. I mean, it's true. Piers Morgan acted like he had never seen porn before. Like, oh, he just, he just pulls all the ladies in real life. Come on. Exactly. Like everyone shames the people who do porn, but they love consuming it. Oh, I'm sure they do. And I really actually want to erase that thought of Piers Morgan in consuming any sexual content from my memory and mind. I think too, like I looked at him speaking to you and I thought, man, there's just a lack of general understanding from him and older generations of what it takes to succeed on the internet, period, as a content creator. Like so many people dismiss that line of work, but it takes so much intelligence. Like you said, you have a payroll. Six people are on it. Is it true that your mom is is on your payroll? Yeah, she is. She has been for a couple of years now. Yeah. So your work actually supports her? My family. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And I have two younger brothers. And, you know, when I grew up, I didn't see my mom a lot. She was doing 12-hour shifts all the time. And for my brothers, they can live a lot better as a family mm. with the help that I give her. So, no, I'm good. She does, she does an absolutely great job. So I'm glad to have her as well. That's amazing. You know, on, on Piers Morgan, there was a lot of discussion around the stigma that will sort of forever be attached to you for doing this work. It could ruin your chances of future employment, of having relationships. What is your response or your experience with that? Of course, and like future um, employment, absolutely. I think, you know, I can't go into like a teaching role or anything to do with like sensitive employment. But then I guess, I think you, you these are the, the dangers and the, the worries that the creators need to have when joining. They need to understand the long-term effects that can have because essentially it is pornography and with different lines of work then that that's not okay. But with relationships as well, like as long as you're, you're open with people, I think a lot of men, for example, they'll fetishize an only fans go on. They're like, oh, I absolutely love her. But then they're with her and then it's a different story. Now you're mine. Ah. We, we don't like you anymore. Like I, I like the fact you're a sex worker, but now we're together, I don't like it. So for me, relationships, not really an issue right now. I think that if I was dating and I was trying to find the man of my dreams, but I'm extremely independent. And for me, for the foreseeable future anyway, I'm just concentrating on myself. And if the right man comes, he comes. But am I looking for him? No. But that was kind of frustrating for me too, watching that interview, is that Piers asked you a lot about your future children. And I feel like ah, there's always this argument... Right. There's like, oh, what will your kids think? There is this shame around women because there's an assumption that women are just wombs who were born to be mothers and wives. And I don't think that that's a fair line of questioning because you you may not want children. You certainly don't want them now, right? Exactly. And I think that this is like one of the job roles, like as you said, like two to three million people do OnlyFans now. It's definitely more normalized. Like, is that always going to be the stigma? I don't know, because it's when I first started, it's definitely got a lot better. And this is in a few years. Mm. Mm. 
And and I, I and truly like even if you do have children in the future as a mother of three, I think your kids just want a loving parent. Exactly, exactly. Like mm. there's so many mothers that do sex work just to provide for their family because they can't make that money for other work. So the fact people shame them, like that, that fucking sucks. I think people are extremely narrow-minded. Yeah, absolutely. And can you just, because I think that some people, and, and I admit sometimes myself included, have a hard time understanding where you feel empowered. You know, Obviously, like a Ferrari is great. Earning your own money is great. But not if you feel at all degraded or ashamed by how you made it. So can you just talk to me about how you, or why you feel empowered by what you do? Because I've I've made my own money and I've started from, you know, someone that grew up in that house that I lived in, like statistically would have never have been a millionaire. And mm. I made everything. I started from the bottom. I have you know, spent sleepless nights doing what I do. And I'm extremely, I don't want to sound bad, but I'm extremely good at it. So that's empowering to me. I never, ever regret any part of my journey. I don't find it anywhere near degrading because this is something out of choice that I want to do. And that none of my own boundaries has ever been crossed. How has business been since the Piers Morgan interview exploded? Absolutely crazy. Like I've already had my biggest month like uh, like quite a few days ago. No. I've done some crazy, crazy months as well. Like I've dropped like the biggest and the best sex tapes with like J-Mac and Johnny Sins and just being on that show excelled it so much. Like he, it's crazy that this this man that goes against every single value that I hold helped me so much. Oh my so God. So I really appreciate Piers Morgan for giving me the platform on this. It couldn't have gone any better. Oh. And I'm going to events now and everyone's saying to me, cry on a Ferrari. Like everyone has seen it. I can't believe how viral this video has gone. Like the amount of celebrities that have DM me just saying like, you go girl. And that kind of thing. Like it, the response has been mental. Ellie, you need to make merch. They can cry in a Ferrari merch. I mean, that needs to happen like next week. Please get your mom on that, okay? And by the way, you don't just create adult content. You also have a hilarious, fully clothed YouTube channel where you have a series called Sex Education. So before we go, I thought you could give me some sex education. I am going to list off some British sex slang terms. Yeah. I would like you to educate me on what they mean. Okay, gosh, you're testing me. (laughs) I'm testing you, yes. With a game I am calling... The Great British Wankoff. The Great British Wankoff. The word wank is extremely British, isn't it? Well, let's start with that. Okay, as fast as you can define these terms. Wank. Wank. Wank is where I use it for female, but where a man or a woman masturbates. Ma- so, and so when you say you're a wanker, that means like you're a masturbator? Yeah, but anyway, or you're just being a dick. Like anyone just, <laughs> it just means you're being, you're being bad. A dick. Okay, <laughs> yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Um, so Piers Morgan was being a wanker in that interview. Oh, extreme wanker. Perfect. <laughs> King wanker. King wanker. Oh, I love that. Derivatives of the word. Willie. Willie is a penis. Willie oh. is so cute. I love the word Willie. <laughs> is it an insult to have your penis be called a Willie? Does that mean it's little and no, cute? No, a okay. Willie means anything. A Willie, whether big, small, bent, blue, anything. Willie. Pete Davidson has a Willie. Pete Wentz has a Willie. It's all Willies. Yeah, all okay. a Willie. Willies. All a Willie. 
fanny? Fanny. Fanny is just vagina, but also the same as a willy. Oh. As in, it's like, like not a bad term, oh. just the name of it. Or you could use them in like a derogatory term to be mean to someone, like, fuck off you, Willy. But you wouldn't really say that. Oh, stop being a silly Willy, we'd say that. Oh, that's cute. Okay. <laughs> um, fun fact I had a great aunt and uncle married for like 50 years named Fanny and Willy. Wow. Yeah. They found <laughs> each intense. other. They found each wow. other and fell in love. What is a bell end? The little slit, the little hole. Of the penis? Yeah, I can't. Like oh, the Aretha hole? so specific. Like you'd use it as uh, like a like a swear word, like fuck off you bellend. That's very British. Oh my bellend. God. Okay, it'd be like saying fuck off you tiny little slit at the tip of the penis head. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't know why we okay. use it. It has a better ring, bellend. Knob, is that also penis? Yeah, that's also the word for a penis. We have loads of words. So for a many penis. words for penis in the UK. I know. My God. Willie is my favorite. Willie. Okay, good. Good to know. <laughs> bollocks? Bollocks. Balls. Oh, sweaty like, bollocks. Oh, yeah. Like testicles. <laughs> or you know the term, the dog's bollocks, which no. means good. You've oh, never heard of that term. Never. You'd How would say, you use that in a sentence, L? Like. This drink is the dog's bollocks. It means it's great. <laughs> and when you sell that straw, it is also going to be the dog's bollocks. Exactly. Okay, we have a positive connotation. Okay, last but not least, jubblies? Jubblies. Oh, I'm not too sure. Are they just boobs? Sound like boobs. boobs. Just boobs. Jubblies. I'm not too sure. They sound like boobs. Jubblies. Okay, jubblies. Jubblies. Like my daughter would say, mommy, eat jubblies. Instead of eat boobies, yes? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. Jubblies. Oh my God. And that is how you play the Great British Wank Off. The Great British Wank Off. Hey. Yay. Elle, thank you for blessing me with your first post peers interview. Did it feel good to be interviewed by not a raging misogynistic asshole? No, I love this. And you know what? It's so nice, especially because you said you have like a, like a really woman orientated audience. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's going to be interesting to see this response because, like, um, it's, it's definitely a new audience for people to get to know me because, you know, I'm not this just sex raged addict that just does sex, sex, sex. Like, I'm a normal person and it's, it's cool to get the people to know the real me. Find her, Elbrook, on YouTube, TikTok. You're at the Dumbledong on Instagram. Yeah. And you know what? If you want to find her on OnlyFans, she's Elbrook there, and she's only $15 to $30 a month. Exactly. Bargain. You're so smart. You're so funny. I feel like you have this huge future just in entertainment. Oh, stop. Thank you. I think yeah. that, that's definitely the aim. Just the cameras. I'm just a born natural. I'm like, where's the camera? She's <laughs> a natural. Do you know how many people have been on Piers Morgan and have not been able to like dress him down like you did? I mean, truly, you are a natural. I cannot wait to see what you do next with clothes on or off. I will be supporting you either way. So um, thank you. Good luck with everything. Thank you, and thank you so much for having me. Now we have to say bye. I'll see you and speak to you again soon. Okay. Bye. Oh, she blew me a kiss. She blew me a kiss. (laughs) Bye. L. Brooks blowing me a kiss from across the pond. Oh, I love her. And I really love that call because it 
totally changed my perspective. Like I have been judgmental about women like her. I have been a little Piers Morgan-y in the past, probably because I'm a never nude and I could never do anything like that. But she is kind of someone who's changing that narrative, right? She's taking the power back. And I don't know if she feels strong and empowered and safe and confident in what she's doing, then why shouldn't she do it? So thanks, Elle. You're the dog's bollocks. Gosh, this episode was really all about empowering women, wasn't it? Dolls, Beyonce, J-Lo, Elle Brooke. And before I leave you, I know I haven't been checking my voicemail in these mid-season bangers because I'm not supposed to. Again, these are supposed to be short and sweet, but I can't help myself. When you call, I check your voicemails. And when I heard this call calling me out for my opinion that Travis and Taylor would not last, I thought I should play it. Let's check my voicemail. Check, check, check your voicemail. Hey, Jesse. It's Alyssa from Denver, Colorado. I think I might be your biggest fan in the U.S. I have not heard someone call from the United States. I'm just calling because I think you're wrong about the oath. I haven't given up. I haven't given up on, on Travis and Taylor. You know, I think we're forgetting that he has a fan base and his fans ate up what he did at the Super Bowl. I know what you're saying, that he's, I don't know, maybe not as sophisticated as Taylor, but Taylor doesn't need a man. She has it all. If she chooses a man, it's because, you know, maybe she wants a traditional family or, and I think he, he does still seem like he'd be a great dad. And, you know, he's totally embarrassed the hell out of her whole life, but, like, he busts through all those barriers and is able to be masculine and be there for her. And who else can do that? I think it would be really hard standing next to Taylor to not be emasculated, and he's not. It works in that way, and how else is she going to find that? With who else? I don't know. Like, with another, what other style or type of guy, I guess is what I'm saying. So, I don't know. I think you might be wrong. If I'm right, maybe, I don't know. To get married, you can send me free tickets to a show. <laughs> and if I'm wrong, I will tell everyone I've ever known forever to listen to your podcast. Love you. Okay, bye. Oh, Alyssa from Denver, Colorado. Love an American phony. Alyssa, you're my American girl doll. Um, thank you for this perspective. I agree with you that Taylor Swift can only date a man who is man enough to support Taylor Swift. And so that's why this this whole thing has like climaxed, again, an Usher reference, with the win of the Super Bowl because she's at the literal top of her game, just broke a record for winning record of the year for the fourth time. He's at the top of his game winning the Super Bowl. So there it is, like the only man in America who is at the top of his game like she is, happens to be with her. And that's why we are erupting with joy about this couple, right? But I also think it's a sad perspective to say that there is no other man on earth who would not be emasculated to be with Taylor Swift. Like, I hear you. He's a great match for her in that way. But I also would love to think that there are other men out there who could also support her and love her and not you know, feel less than. I want to believe that. And I do want to believe that they're going to get married. But I just think the climax was too big, Alyssa. Like it's gone too far. The videos, the media, the the public nature of this relationship, it's so big. I think it's going to be really hard for them to find themselves 
amidst the noise. Does that make sense? They are J-Lo on the back of Ben Affleck's motorcycle driving through the deserty sunset and then crashing. Do you know what I mean? That was what J-Lo was trying to say. Her and Ben flew too close to the sun. They were riding that desert motorcycle too fast. I think Travis and Taylor are riding the desert motorcycle too fast and it's going to crash. Does that make sense? I just, I love how optimistic you are though. And here's the thing. If they do get married, I will give you free tickets to the show of your choice on my next tour. You heard it here first, phonies. If Travis Swelsey gets married, Alyssa from Denver, Colorado comes to my show for free, okay? There it is. It's, 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 it's on the record, Alyssa. And I just, I appreciate that you phoned in and that you believe in their love. You are the Jennifer Lopez of phonies out there in Denver. So let's end this episode on a loving, optimistic note. You know, I did think about ending with Texas Hold'em, but that's getting enough play. J-Lo needs a little bit of help from us. So let's drop, I think my favorite song from the new album. It's called Can't Get Enough. Just an upbeat little J-Lo style love jam. Phonies, I can't get enough of you. Thank you for listening to this mid-season banger. Season two officially premieres March 14th. And now I have to go tend to my daughter who has hand, foot, and mouth disease. There's a little twist. You weren't expecting that. Neither was I, to be honest, when she woke up with it. But you listen to the end. You get the surprises. It's a pussy, blistery mess over here. And with that visual, I leave you. Have an amazing week. Talk next Thursday. Bye. I love that shit. You know I can't get enough. You love that shit. You know I can't get enough. Give me all that shit. Can't get enough. You know I can't get enough. I love that shit. You know I can't get enough. You love that shit. You know I can't get enough. Give me all that shit. Can't get enough. Phone the friend was created by our mom, Jessie Cookson. The executive producers are Jessie Cookson. And Jason Yanba. The technical producer is Rob Perra. The amazing theme song and sexy interludes are by Jay Melanowski from Badwin Sound Clash. Phone a Friend is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Credits are by us, Ray Gatika and Real Gatika. We're her kids. That's crazy, right? Wow, you're still listening? Okay, see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.